was about as close to the cliché David versus Goliath story as you could possibly get. On one side, a group of people from Oxford County that eventually grew larger, but they didn't have a lot of legal experience or even finances to begin with. Then, on the other side, a large corporation. What did that corporation want? To put a landfill in Oxford County near the Thames River. The town fought back, and eventually... They were successful. This week on the 519 Podcast, the Ingersoll Landfill, how a community fought back and won. Here's your host, Scott Kitching. In 2012, a company from the Niagara region called Walker Industries put forward a proposal for a landfill just outside the town of Ingersoll. It was to be located in an old limestone quarry and would take in garbage from around southern Ontario, much of it from the GTA. It would be Ontario's fifth largest landfill and would take in 17 million tons of garbage throughout its proposed 20-year lifespan. But for many in the region, the landfill would be perilously and alarmingly close to the Thames River. There were concerns about the impact, not just on the health of the river, but also on the aquifer of the area, where many residents got their drinking water. There were concerns about downriver indigenous communities that get their water from the Thames, And there were the undeniable concerns of people who lived near the site. They worried about the proximity of the landfill to their homes, the impact it would have on their quality of life, and their property values. The stage was set for a long-running battle between a company that wanted to fill an empty quarry with garbage and local residents who wanted no part of it. This is the story of how that community rose up, organized, and fought a years-long battle that it ultimately won. Oxford people against the landfill. So it was a group that was formed to stop a dump from going into a quarry in the water table close to the Thames River. And it's also an alliance. So there was an Opal organization, but there were other organizations who said, yeah, we think that we need to be in this with you as well. So when the Ingersoll District Nature Club said a dump's as unnatural as can be, they joined the alliance. And when Oxford Greenwatch which was in the northern part of Oxford County, said, well, we've seen pits and quarries grow and grow and grow here, and we have concerns about what they do. But if you're going to fill them with trash one after another, we need to be really concerned with that as well. And a group called Transition to Less Waste, who are basically opposed to garbage, philosophically and practically, said, I think we should be working on this too. So we work together. So it's an alliance of a number of groups, and it's a significant percentage of the population of Oxford County. That's Brian Smith. He was one of the founders of Oxford People Against the Landfill. We spoke to him about how he and others organized the fight against Walker's proposal. We pulled and we got numbers in the 90 to 95 percent all across the county, um, including the places that were farthest away from the proposed dump site. So it's not a proximity thing. It's not about your backyard. It's like philosophically opposed to it and ready to do things against it. But Walker Industries is a big company, and it was clear this fight was going to take a lot of time and effort. But Opal was not easily intimidated. So it was definitely something that was initial response, a really gut response. But over time, more and more people came aboard. There are some people in every community who'll say things to you like, 
it's a done deal. You can't fight the government. You can't fight City Hall, whatever version of that you want. Um, they have the deep pockets. We don't. There were some people who were a bit, you know, overwhelmed by the size of the corporation because it, it was a large corporation we were going up against. After the government, the largest landholder in Ontario. Um, so, yeah, big company. Um, and some people were a bit uh, frightened by them. But we also had people in our group who said, well, there is a process. And we looked up the process. Um, and that process requires certain kinds of evidence being presented to the government and the government to make the decision based on that evidence. So let's make sure that we give, give them the evidence to prove that it is unworkable, it's unfeasible, it's unwarranted, it's regressive. I mean, one of the lines we use repeatedly is it's a 4,000-year-old technology trying to solve a, matter, a modern problem. It's not going to work, right? So, um, there. I mean, yes, it was never something that we thought this is going to be easy, um, and I hope they didn't think that our area was going to be easy or a pushover either, um, because it was certainly true that uh, people in Oxford showed a lot of spine and a lot of courage uh, because they took it on wholeheartedly um, and took it on in the best interests of the community and the best interests of the groundwater that we drink here because we're a groundwater community, but also uh, understanding that this really has impact on everything in the in the Thames water um Thames River watershed, but also actually has impact on, on the Great Lakes too. Fortunately for the members of Opal, there were people in other communities that had fought similar battles, and their experiences would prove to be very helpful as Opal figured out the best way to fight this proposal. We had amazing assistance from people in, in the area, and we had amazing um, assistance as well from a couple of other organizations um, and people who had a heritage of doing these fights. So the people who fought off the Adams Mine Dump in Northern Ontario, we had two of their leaders come and talk to us about what they'd done and how they'd organized and how they persuaded the government that based on the real science, not just the projected science, because there was a big scientific error in all the planning that was done for that dump, as there was in ours. Well, if somebody offered help, we actively pursued it. Uh, it was as simple as that, because you know that if somebody can frame what looks to be a local issue in terms of it being a national, uh, provincial, national, international issue, and uh, more people are going to understand. And there's a good chance even that some of the people who might be on the other side might perceive it as sort of um, a small issue will realize that it is a symptom of a bigger problem. You didn't have to look very far to find people in the Ingersoll area who were opposed to the landfill. Signs that said, stop the dump, popped up all over the community. But it was going to take more than just lawn signs to stop the landfill. The community needed to rally behind the efforts of Opal. But when fighting this kind of battle, it's crucial that your side is fighting with truth and well-reasoned arguments. And so the members of Opal needed to get up to speed on the science behind landfills, so that they could form a cohesive opposition. It's one of those things where you look at science and at first you have to make sure that you're understanding it and understanding it very clearly. And then it's a separate act, one you probably do on a daily basis, of communicating it really clearly with the public, uh, but in a way that respects the science. Because if you're saying this is the evidence, then you better make sure that how you're presenting the evidence respects good science, respects the credentials of the people doing the science, and respects the principles of science and how it works. There was lots of work in terms of making sure that everybody understood the science and the arguments against it. 
there was lots of work in terms of organizing events and meetings and, and putting the information out. There was a massive amount of work went into communications in the community. So we did a, a newsletter for about seven of the 10 years that went out to mailbox after mailbox and was available. Lots of stores came on side. So the downtown core of Ingersoll, you could see our anti-dump signs in the windows of the stores and our newsletters were there and our newsletters were in lots of other places around the county as well. To explain the science, you really need to learn from an expert. And so Opal brought in a hydrogeologist to teach the community about how the science behind the landfill works, as well as which parts of the proposal they could refute. One of the things we did again, and this backstopped us as well, is that we found one of the very best and best reputed hydrogeologists in Canada. He worked on the Walkerton case, for instance, and actually he's cross-credentialed. He's credentialed in Canada and in Europe, in Germany. And he did work for us as well. And he was utterly brilliant. And at one point did an analysis of some of the documents that came forward from Walker. And he said, so uh, just on what I've looked at so far, I have six pages of notes that indicate that, um, and he does a good job of communicating as well, that they make statements that have no scientific support in their document. They make statements and they refer to documents that don't support them. And they make statements and they refer to documents that say the opposite. So he was really good at um, adding credentials and adding clarity to the science for people who, quite frankly, not all of us had a scientific background. We were ordinary citizens doing ordinary things, fighting an extraordinary battle. With information from the hydrogeologist and other experts in hand, members of Opal were ready when it was time to take their opposition to the province. We presented lots of scientific evidence to the minister. Basically, we remind the minister of the environment that if he allowed the dump, that that water would eventually be in Lake Ontario and he'd get to drink it when he's in his office. We also know that they pay attention to what would be uh, political science as well. So we made every effort to make the minister aware that the public was opposed to it and that public extended significantly beyond the boundaries of, of our uh, county. Um, so when we got batches of letters signed by people outside, we draw his attention to that. When we had a really significant number of signatures from a downriver First Nation, um, and they, they all put their First Nation name on those letters, we drew to his attention. And not only were those people in opposition to it, but that a chief of the Chippewa, the Thames, had already said that the whole project was unconstitutional uh, because they hadn't done proper consultation with his nation at a nation-to-nation level. So we worked all those kinds of things. Um, I did mention that we had the legal thing. We faced them down in, in a, an OMB hearing when the county, which had a zero waste provision in its uh, official plan, was um, attacked by the same company who needed to push that aside to get approval for a dump, presumably. But what Walker, it seemed, wasn't ready for was such a united and informed defense. We've been told by a number of experts and a number of people who've dealt with them before that their expectation was is that the community did not have the resources to resist them. Um, they weren't counting on the force of character and the force of will in this community. They brought basically a, a, an attack against the official plan of the county and then discovered that they were in the room with nine members of the community prepared to testify 
to face down their expensive and brilliant lawyer, actually, um, give him credit for what he does, um, but prepared to face him down and to testify and to take his cross-examination. It was entirely a, a case of grace under pressure. He knew the pressure was on them, and they were just brilliant, every one of them. They explained things so clearly. Um, it was clear that they were committed to doing it. It brought lots of evidence with them. Um, and they were so totally respectful to the OMB process and the OMB member that there was absolutely no room for anything to happen there that wasn't really authentic and judicial kind of quasi-legal process. Over the years that Opal was fighting the Walker proposal, the group did get some help. In fact, it could be argued that it was the municipalities that put the final nail in the landfill's coffin. Provincial legislation made it mandatory for the proposal to have the approval of local municipal governments. And that was something councils in the area just weren't willing to give. The mayor of Ingersoll, Ted Tomaski, in fact, got 150 communities on side to ask the government to change the law. And so inside of what was Bill 197, which had lots of stuff on lots of different topics, it was called the COVID-19 Economic Recovery Act. He had two pages um, that were well-written and concise that said, without the permission of a community in which you are planning to put that dump and any community within 3.5 kilometers of it, therefore could be impacted by it, you have to have that permission. And then, so that got passed. There was a general understanding that um, because the whole process of environmental assessments is driven by the company that wants to do the thing that's probably anti-environmental. Anyways, so there was an understanding that that maybe applied to this as well, that they had to come forward with a request in order for our community to say no. And then finally, the mayor of Zora Township, which was the location they actually planned to fill the quarry in with all the trash, um, went to the ministers and said, so when do we get to do this? We want to use this. You gave us a law. Let's do it. And so they said, well, we were sort of expecting you might. So that council passed a motion. It was followed, which rejected them. It was followed within a couple of days by the town of Ingersoll passing the same uh, motion. And then the township of Southwest Oxford followed that. And then they did something that we knew would work and should work, but was brilliant and strategic um, and really uplifting for everybody. They went to the county council with a motion that everybody in the county, every municipality in the county could also say no. And they got a unanimous voice, which is like not a simple thing to do when you have a council made up of people who represent rural versus urban interests, who are at different locations, who have very different plans. But no, they were clear and categorical in saying a no. So having changed the law, then we also pioneered using it as a community. Um, and made it stick. Um, Walker, when they had heard that some of the municipalities had lined up against it, um, said they would put the project on hold. And after the uh, very clear vote and the very clear statements around the vote, they withdrew their project, packed up their office, and went home. And that was it. In November of 2021, Walker announced that it was pulling the proposal and it would no longer seek approval for a landfill at the old quarry site outside of Ingersoll. The fight was over, and for Opal, it had been won. Opal and the community had beaten the odds and put a stop to a proposal they feared would threaten their water supply and their quality of life. 
they were finally able to breathe a sigh of relief and celebrate their victory. There was absolute jubilation, and you could just see it. You could see smiles on faces despite the masks. Um, there was a huge outpouring on social media about it um, as soon as people heard it. And we then messaged all our volunteers. I'm surprised we didn't blow up a couple of computers with the, the volume of the messages coming back. They were just saying, this is absolutely brilliant. This is wonderful. This is work well done. We want an opportunity to have a large group public celebration, and we're looking forward to that time. But um, we can be patient for that. We were patient for slightly over nine years in this fight. We'll be patient, and we'll have a great celebration. And part of that celebration included continuing to honor the Thames River. And uh, a real commitment on the part of many people to continue to value the things that we valued. So we have two occasions when people have said, okay, so what did we fight against? Against the proposal, what did we fight for? We fought for our groundwater, we fought for the Thames River and everything in that system. So we're gonna make sure that we honor the Thames River and find opportunities to do so, also support other groups in the community. So Opal ha has formally invited all of its members to join in the coldest night of the year, which is an anti-homelessness fundraising activity. But one of the sites that they're asking people to walk is on the banks of the Thames River. So we're gonna go there and walk beside that river that we fought to try and keep clean but at the same time do other kinds of benefits to other parts of our community. And similarly, we have some plans in the offing to again emphasize the, the point of this is the whole watershed to link up with some other groups downstream by waving at them with our paddles from canoes when, and, and inviting them to come on board on the river with their own canoes and kayaks and, and work our way down the river past all the communities that would have been affected and to thank many of those communities for their support in this battle. They dedicated nearly 10 years of their lives to this cause and they succeeded. So the big question is, what comes next for Opal? It lives on in multiple ways. The Alliance partners can continue to do the things that they did before. They had different mandates, broader mandates than stopping the dump and endorse that part of the mandate. Opal itself will release the energies of its members and release the energies of the volunteers and, and have released the scientists and our lawyers, unless we need them again, but I'm thinking that's not going to happen. Anyways, have released those energies to do lots of other things. So when we were looking to hire a hydrogeologist, we made a promise to people that if we didn't use his services, if it came to a court case, because we were prepared to go to a court case on this, if we didn't use his services, that we would return the donations to them that they'd banked in an account for us purely for paying hydrologist fees. And so we heard from people saying, oh, right, I've given you this money. I, I've got this other cause I'm going to give it to. So everybody's decided that they're going to take those energies, take that financial support, take the, the, uh, the kind of moral support they gave and make sure that things get better. As for advice to communities that are trying to accomplish a similar feat, we would certainly pass knowledge forward and we would support other groups because we were supported by groups uh, who in turn, you know, shared really um, wise, wise knowledge um, about the science and about how a community can organize. So what I say to them, firstly, is that, yes, you can win. We did. And we're not the only example of a win, right? People would like to think that this might be the only example of a win, but there have been some wins in other places. Um, so, yes, you can win. 
Um, and what you need to do are a variety of things. And I sort of walk them through some of the things that we did. And I say, and out of that list of things, you'll do the ones that work for your community. The little guy taking on a big corporation is a story that far too often ends with the corporation celebrating a victory. That wasn't the case here, though. Opal and its allies in Oxford County and elsewhere showed that when people come together to stop something they sincerely believe will be bad for their community, sometimes the little guy wins. We don't really bear ill will against the people in that corporation. I think that they're tremendously misguided. There are, if they want to be in waste management, then there's lots of other ways to manage waste that don't produce destructive results. And on more than one occasion, we invited them to think about that. I'm not sure they have yet. Final notes would be my gratitude to everybody in the community who fought this, because in winning this, we've all won together. Um, and my uh, gratitude as well to everybody um, outside the boundaries of Oxford County who've realized that this is worth fighting. And understanding that by fighting this long and this hard, that we hope we've set a precedent that will mean that other people won't have to This edition of the 519 Podcast was written by Patrick Magermans and Haley Cheng, produced by Craig Needles and hosted by Scott Kitchen. The 519 Podcast is a presentation of Blackburn Media.